Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Risk! Hello, kids. This is Risk. The show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday, we release these special episodes that we're calling Classic Risk Singles. Each of these episodes features just one story from our earlier years. If you're new to Risk, you should know that the podcast can be very uncensored. This week, a story that Shang Wang first shared on the podcast in February of 2012. Here's Shang now with a story we call Voltron Lives. Hi, everybody. All right. Um, my story takes place uh, summer 2002. I was about to graduate college, and I was freaking out. I was very anxious about the, the need to suddenly grow up and navigate real life after school. And I didn't have a job lined up like most of my colleagues, but I did spend a ton of my parents' money earning a degree in business administration. <laughs> and I learned that I think I want to be a poet. <laughs> maybe a photographer, maybe a comedian. Something, you know, more about like art and, and, and fun and not so much about business administration. We li I lived in this little house. Uh, it was like classic, like really carefree college lifestyle. We, called, we, we, we had five students living there, so we called ourselves Voltron House <laughs> after the 80s cartoon where five 
big robotic lions would come together in a time of need and create this huge sword-wielding enforcer of universal justice. We were Voltron House because there was five of us. That was like where the similarities kind of dropped. <laughs> it was five of us. We'd get together and we'd just like chill. We'd, we'd drink 40s on the stoop and just people watch. We'd grill ribeye steaks on the propane grill and we, we would have kega parties funneling, you know, beer down our throats and all that. I was like, well, this is, this is all going to come to an end. It's time to, you know, the fun stops now. It's time to grow up. It's time to be serious, live in the real world, do grown-up stuff. And that was killing. It was just consuming. I, just, I was just like, damn, this is... I, I, I didn't like... I didn't like it. it was a very stressful time. <laughs> and uh, one day, my friend JP called us, and he uh, asked if some of us wanted to... Uh, join him and some of his friends on a trip to San, Gor- San Gregorial State Beach for a party that evening. And JP was a former resident of Voltron House. He, he graduated a year <laughs> earlier. And he, uh, went, he moved back home with his parents, started, te- started working, started teaching uh, high school students. And he was a very cool dude. Uh, he, was, he was soft-spoken. I didn't always like know exactly how I felt about things. Like, I couldn't really like, judge how he was handling post-college life. And I, I kind of felt like he might have missed college or something. I, I, I thought, you know, all right, cool. A road trip to the beach, that's a great idea. Let's, let me get out of my head. Let's stop worrying about the future. And uh, by the time we piled into his, JP's uh, 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 Chevy Suburban, it was like twilight. And, and, and I, I, to make sure that I was going to have a really good time, I ate this pot brownie that I, this old, old, crusty pot brownie that I was saving in the freezer for like a special occasion. <laughs> and it, the brownie kicked my ass. <laughs> it was so effective. I remember at one point we got to a grocery store to get some beer. And I remember telling one of my roommates, I was like, dude, I envision my body as one gigantic nostril. And I'm breathing through every single one of my pores right now. It's beautiful. So we're driving, JP's driving. I'm sitting shotgun, I'm on the front seat. There's five other guys in the back. It's a Suburban, it's a very big car. But uh, between like the music blaring and, and, and the pot just keeping my mind busy with all these epiphanies, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really have time to, like, I, I was like, I, I'm not going to commit, I'm just going to, I was isolated, I didn't want to talk to anybody, I just kind of stared out my side window looking at, uh, we were like on Highway 1 and I'm just staring at these like trees passing by in the darkness. And all of a sudden out of nowhere I hear a lot of screaming, people are freaking out. I couldn't understand what they were saying, but I, I looked in front of me and I noticed that we were in the wrong lane on this two-lane highway and there's headlights in the distance. And I grabbed the wheel and I swerved into our lane and I assumed that JP had fallen asleep and I yelled, I said, JP, wake up, wake up, dude. Wake up. And I, and I, and I left it at that. I just thought I took care of everything. I'm going to go back and uh, trip out of my head some more. 
not more than two seconds later, the people are shrieking. People are freaking out again. And I look, we are once again on the wrong side of this two-lane highway. There's oncoming traffic now. And I take a good look at JP this time. His mouth is wide open. His eyes are wide open, but I don't see any pupils. I'm like, this is, this is not right. This is not right. I grab the wheel with my right hand. With my left hand, I reach down between his legs, start to apply the brakes while trying to barely peer over the dashboard to see where I'm driving this car. And it's, it's, it, physically, it's pretty challenging. <laughs> I got my core muscles engaged. <laughs> I'm balancing. I'm stretching. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm contorting my arms. Mentally, I'm still one gigantic nostril. <laughs> I'm the furthest from prepared mentally you could be for this situation. And I noticed that JP's foot is on the gas. The car is still jamming down this highway. I'm, I'm on the brakes. I could hear revving of the engine. Uh, and grinding of the brakes and it's taken us a long time to slow down and at one point JP starts to regain some consciousness and he says in this very confused groggy voice he's like let me drive let me drive what the F are you doing and when I heard that I, I had a couple thoughts when he first said let me drive let me drive my paranoid mind was like, oh no, JP is not happy with his year of uh, real life after college and he's done and he wants to check out now and he's going to take some of Voltron House with him. <laughs> I got to stop this car and get, it, get everybody out. And then when he said, what the F are you doing? I went to a whole new thought and I started second guessing everything. I said to myself, yeah. What the F are you doing, dude? This is crazy. And I, I thought I might have hallucinated the whole situation and I just freaked out and started driving with my arms from the passenger seat for no reason. <laughs> At that point, the car, we finally stopped. When, I, I threw it into park, I grabbed the keys, everybody jumped out except for JP. He had no idea what happened. And what was supposed to be just like this super relaxing trip to the beach to forget about all the woes of whatever real life, impending real life, came to this. It was six young men on the shoulder of this dark highway just hugging each other and crying. <laughs> just happy to be not dead. Calm down a little bit. Checking with JP. He's fine. He thought he just fell asleep. Unsure. We didn't know what to do. We're just like, ah. we just got back in the car, piled back in. My other roommate got behind the wheel and we went to the beach because after that, we're just like, we, got, we, have to, we have to unwind now. We have to drink some beers by the ocean. And it was, it was, it was a beautiful kind of like decompression that night. The next day, I called up JP and I said, hey, man, I told him what happened. And I said, you might want to go, you know, go see a doctor, tell, talk to him about that. And he got diagnosed soon thereafter with uh, uh, complex partial seizures, 
which is uh, this condition that if, if left untreated would just continue to, to um, lead to things that happened that night. And it was something he was going to have to live with, you know, but he was just not going to stop him from living. And I guess, like, at that point, I, I learned that, I mean, now I learned that, you know, that, that's kind of a big part of what growing up is all about. You just deal, and then you, you move on. And I also learned that uh, pot makes near-death experiences feel a lot more nearer. <laughs> Thank you guys very much. That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.